Listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there from New Zealand, 1969, the challenge with the crunch on Flying Nun Records, a compilation called Wild Things, Wild Kiwi Garage, 1966 to 1969. And again, that was the challenge from New Zealand with The Crunch. And today, an interview with, from New Zealand and Beats One Radio, Zaylo, as well as interviews with Snoop Doggy Dog, a brand new interview from Snoop Doggy Dog, and an interview with Chris Novoselic, a brand new interview from 2017 with Chris Novoselic. All these interviews were done at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas this year. So here is Zane Lowe from New Zealand on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Who are you? My name is Zane Lowe. Zane Lowe, welcome to South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Yes, it's great to meet you. That keynote. Yes. Thank God it's over. You are headlining. 
that's bold. In a way. It's still bold. You even, are the, even in a way, it's bold. And to welcome you to South By, I have a gift for you. The Hip Hop Family Tree by Ed Pisker. Can I keep this? Yes, that is for you. God. Because if we open it up to the anointed pages, it has some of the people that you absolutely love and are integral to the Zane Lowe story. Grandmaster Flash is one of the people. Yes, Grandmaster Flash, uh, the legendary, one of the originators, one of the greatest of all time, and uh, his music uh, changed my life and the lives of, of millions of people all around the world. And we also see like Spoonie G, Spoonie G, the Godfather. By Ed Pisker. Isn't this amazing? This is the history. Look at this. This is incredible. Where did you find this? Uh, Ed Pisker. Wow, this is amazing. Hip-hop family tree. We also have the world-class wrecking crew, pre-NWA. Yeah, that's right. Have you ever talked to Dr. Dre about pre-NWA? I think the one time we saw, I spoke to Dr. Dre about that came up was when we were talking. He was going to do his radio show, going to start his radio show on Beats 1 called The Pharmacy. And at one point we said, why don't you DJ? Like, why don't you get the decks out? And he's like, man, I haven't done that for a long time. But he said he still had them. The original so you were close to getting world-class stories. Close to possibly getting Dre back on the decks, which would have been huge. But so that is for you, Zane. You gave this to me. The Hip Hop Family Trees. Incredible, look at this. Two volumes. Yeah, I want to see the other one. For you to how check out. It, how far does it go for like forward? Like, where is it? it I, I think it says on the front there what years it is. Unbelievable, collector's issue. Thank you, Nala. By Ed Pisker. <laughs> Speaking of the early days, thank you, Cousin Garth. Garth Brooks? No, your cousin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. How did you? Yeah, co that's right. Cousin Garth. That was um, someone who, who was instrumental in putting me onto Deep Purple. That's right. That was the first song um, I ever remember listening to. Yeah, Smoke on the Water. But you got into rap through Video Dispatch? That's right. I did. It was uh, that was the after school program that I watched when uh, that was the the um, the report was uh, was about a tour that was going around America at the time, and uh, it was like a two minute thing, and I and that's when I discovered sort of rap music. Yeah. Two fifty six records and Kirk Kirk Harding, yeah, who's uh, st to this day remains a very good friend of mine, and uh, yeah, he was one of the guys behind the counter who I used to go and harass for records. Yeah, two fifty six legendary record store in Auckland. And you were into Donahue. That's right. I used to watch a lot of Donahue, Phil Donahue show. That was a uh, was a big show in New Zealand. And uh, when I was when I was not working, and I went through a sort of six month phase where I wasn't really doing much with my life, so I'd, I'd watch a lot of Donahue because it was still around on around lunchtime. Tape battles. You were into the tape battles, right? Yeah. Well, what do you mean by tape battles? Like cassette tape battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's how we used to like make beats. Was we'd create the loops. We'd have like obviously. For people that don't know how this works, there was a double tape deck on a, on a boombox and you would play one and like record the beat. That's how you make the loop on the tapes. See no quote, cause a beats set the pace, ain't a worse thing to face than a party full of peeps playing ace of bass, ace of bass. That was uh, that was a lyric that uh, yeah from one of our songs back in the day. Urban disturbance. Urban disturbance was the name of our group. Yep. What can you tell the people about the urban, the urban disturbance? Yeah. This is a song called Impressions. Um, right? <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, wow, we did a radio version of Impressions. That was bold, assuming radio were going to play this. Um, yeah, this was, uh, the original was on an album called 37 Degrees Latitude, and that's our band, myself and Oliver and Rob. Urban Disturbance got you into Dolly Magazine? 
Did, was there an article on Dolly Magazine on Last Dragon? <laughs> Probably. That's pretty me. Like, Urban Disturbance yeah. was quite popular. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. I think what we were was um, we were passionate about what we did, and we loved to make, you know, music together. Come on, Ice-T, Public Enemy. Supported Ice-T and Public Enemy, but then everybody supported Ice-T and Public Enemy. There was, like, four or five rap groups that all got 15 minutes on that show. And uh, I remember that show because my shoe fell off. Did you hear? Were you going to go there? My shoe fell off in the first song, and, and fell into the into the photography pit. So I was, I was on stage with one with one shoe on at one point. What can you say, Zane, about the history of New Zealand hip hop, like the upper cut, the upper hut posse? Yeah, upper posse, D word. Um, these guys are, in my opinion, the originators in New Zealand. They were sort of the first rap group to my mind at least, that I remember coming out of New Zealand. And um, they're absolutely legendary. And if you listen to their music now, like it's, it, sounds, it still sounds incredible to me. And you did a lot of producing back then. Damn Native. Damn Native, yeah. Yeah, unbelievable rapper. One of my favorite rappers of all time to this day. I love, I love Danny. And there was also like Sister Underground. Sisters uh, of the Underground, wasn't it? So Sisters Underground. Yeah, Sisters Underground. Uh, in the Neighborhood was the song. And there was Three the Hard Way. Uh, and there was Joint Force. And MC Square. MC Square, <laughs> yeah, that's and right. MC OJ. MC OJ and Rhythm Slave. That was pre-Joint Force. Shouts to those guys. We did some touring with them. I think it's amazing that your band, Leaders of Style, what we were before we were Urban Disturbance, were on Flying Nun. That's right. We well, we put one song out on Flying Out on a compilation called Real Swingers, I think it was called. It was like a compilation full of New Zealand music. But yeah, that, that was a proud moment because obviously Flying Nun's a legendary label. And I wanted to ask you about that actual compilation, Freak the Sheep. Tell me you actually have this. Yes, you have this. And wow. if we open it up, we see a little description of your band. Oh, yeah. Zena, what can you say about... What's crazy about this is that, it, you know, because... I'm Flying Nun. Flying Nun. Amazing. And, uh, wow, look at this. Leaders of Style, real swingers. You want me to read it? Yeah. Um, formed in 1990, Leaders of Style sound is one that refuses to conform and it embodies their living environment combined with real-life experiences and their vibrant and youthful attitudes. There's a typo here. Youthful attitudes create... Exciting and often surprising music. Obviously, we didn't write that. It was a very nice thing to say. I think it's amazing you were on Flying Nun. Yeah, me too. And I, I was, like I said, I was proud to be a part of that. Look, Head Like a Hole, man. They're an incredible band. <laughs> and there we have early Zine Low, right? Tinnitus? <laughs> uh, right, you mean there? That's, yeah, that was me in the middle there trying to look casual while I was leaning on it. And you were called a different name back then, weren't you? I was, yeah. I was uh, Lays, L-A-Z-E. How long did that last? About six months. <laughs> What can you tell the people about these bands on Flying Nun, Zane Lowe? Um, you did a lot of touring with a dot player. Yeah, I, yeah we, yes, we did. We did. Back then, that was, we felt that was the best sound quality for our music, but it was very difficult to, um, to, to create any sort of uh, dynamics or anything with a dot player because it would take like 10 seconds to kick in and play. So it wasn't the fastest paced use of music but it was it sounded good but Roger with a lot of these kind of bands because there wasn't any way to really there wasn't an audience for our music like let's be honest not a lot of people were digging Urban Disturbance so we had to go and, and support other bands to find an audience and they, and um, you know in between to, you know, along with touring some, with other rap groups we also toured um, around New Zealand with some bands on Flying Nun and it was fun didn't Roger from Flying Nun help you get on MTV 
Yeah, Roger um, was, that's very true. Uh, Roger was instrumental in getting my showreel to a guy called Brent Hansen, who's a friend of mine now, who's a, a New Zealander who at the time was running MTV Europe. And uh, Roger was the guy who said to him, you should check this guy out. So yeah, that's very true. And I've been forever grateful for that. And I have another gift for you regarding the history of New Zealand rock. This is Ugly Things, all about the New Zealand tour of The Pretty Things in 1965. Yeah, 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 that's right. There is a long history of New Zealand rock and roll, isn't there? Yeah, there is, man. Well, great music has always been made in New Zealand, and it's a, it has a very unique sound. And in particular, Flying Nun had a very, very specific sound. It sounded like where it was made, you know? And this is all about the tour. The entire zine is about the Pretty Things tour of New Zealand, and that is a gift for you. I can't believe it. You've just been so generous, and I've been looking forward to this for a long time to see what... what what treats you bring? Well, I was curious about the 1960s. For instance, the guy that helped with that book was Johnny Baker, and he also put out this compilation right here, Wild Things, Wild Kiwi Garage. That's right, John Baker, um, who was a uh, you know family on Flying Nun. Flying Nun, yeah, that's right. What do you know about the early days of rock and roll in New Zealand? Um, I don't know. I, d I mean, I mean, do you know any of those groups? You know, the Wild Things compilation. Were they played on the radio? Like, obviously, Beats 1 is playing on the radio. If Beats 1 was back in the 60s, well, would you I mean, be playing these bands? I'm sure these were probably played on Radio Hierarchy, or at least somebody would have tried to play these on Radio Hierarchy. I mean, I wasn't born at this point, but it, it looks... It, I mean, it's the time when Radio Hierarchy started, right, in 1966, when my dad and, and uh, they, got, they started Pirate Radio, so... Teary! Teary, yeah, it was the name of the boat. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I have a further gift for you... Zinlo, this is actually a brand new release on Flying Nun Records from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. The Cordies on Flying Nun, which is great. And um, look at that logo. It's so legendary. Still going. Still going, man. Well, why would it stop? So they're from Vancouver, a Canadian connection. Yeah, which is great, which we have right now, Canadian-New Zealand connection. Exactly. Can I pull a vinyl out and take a look? Colored vinyl. Yeah, I was hoping. Only the best on Flying Nun. I was like, look at that, man. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. And the Courtney's were fascinated by the Flying Nun sound zine. And I have another gift for you, another Courtney's record right here. This, re this record right here is the actual Courtney's Australia and New Zealand tour edition. And that got them on basically on Flying Nun. That is from Hockey Dad Records, but you have a lot of Courtney's. Wow, we do, man. There's um this is a this is incredible. Look at this, man. I love this. Thank you for this. I'm really excited. Are you into collecting special editions? This is like the Australia and New Zealand. Not really. I've never been much of a collector of things like that. Like I, I love music, but I've never been the person that kind of goes and hunts things down like that. Your first band, Leaders of Style, were produced by Daddy Diddler. <laughs> really? Were we? <laughs> were we? Yes. I don't remember that. Quote, no flint, no flame. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, we, we worked with a few people early on, but that was uh, one of our that first. That was your, fr your dad's friend. Right? There, yeah, there was, there was two. Okay, so I, I see where you're going. We, did, we used my dad's radio studio up at, uh, in, at Radio Pacific where he worked to record because we couldn't afford to record anything. So I just used, like, asked my dad if we could use his studio on the weekends, and he let us. So, yeah, so um, he did help us out and produce, yeah, definitely. And one of the first interviews that you did, Zine, was the Lemonheads. Yeah, well, it was with Nick, the bass player of the Lemonheads at the time. He was, uh, that, was the f that was the first interview I ever did, period. Like, yes, uh, on Max TV. 
I remember it, actually. I remember it pretty well. <laughs> and I have another gift for you. What can you say about the Bomb Squad? Oh, man. And this is actually produced by yeah. DJ Muggs. DJ Muggs, yeah, that's right. This is one of my favorite rap records ever, Calling and Cali, to this day, samples the Sly and the Family Stone joint. Uh, I love this this album and this song so much. And um, yeah, uh, DJ Muggs, early DJ Muggs, there he is in his shorts on the beach. But I love this track. It's a massive record for you me. You get a chance to talk to this? Yeah, that oh is for you. God, I'm so excited. Thank you so have much. Have you talked to Muggs about this record? I have talked to Muggs about this record. Yeah, I do. I don't really remember what he said, but I remember I sort of, uh, I, I, I asked him about it because um, like I said, it's just one of my favorite beats ever. Um, and I was a fan of Jim Muggs from the, from the minute I heard this. I love this record so much. And that is for you. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled. Zemo, did cheese stop Gonzo? No, what stopped Gonzo was that um, it just, the kind of music that we were playing and the artists that we were talking to, it sort of plateaued a little bit. And we sort of felt like um, maybe talking about cheese felt like it was a little inappropriate because it, it wasn't going as well. Um, and also, you know, I, I wanted to kind of evolve the show and they did, MTV didn't want to do that. They wanted to keep it as it was. So we just decided to part ways. Were you ever on Nevermind the Buzzcocks? No, I wasn't. I was asked a couple of times to be on it, and I, 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 I always declined. Did you ever meet Borat? Did I ever meet Borat? Not as a character, I don't think. I've met Sasha as a as Sasha, but I haven't met him as Borat. Zeno, quote, Tom York of Radiohead calls Spotify and streaming the last desperate fart of a dying corpse. He said that to supitez.com. What do you think about that? Oh, that's that's Tom's quote. It's up to Tom to <laughs> Tom that's Tom's words, I guess, not mine. But um yeah, uh you know, he's been very vocal about the way music gets released and and t they've they've you know, they've stood by what, you know, they've tried different things and tried different models to put music out. So, to, you know, Tom's Tom. He'll say whatever he wants to say. Have radio pluggers ever been right? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. But you can't be right all the time because it's a surprise. Everything's a surprise, right? You, you want to be surprised by what's successful over time. You can't, you can't pick it. You can't put it in a bottle. Zine, you work for Apple, right? I do work for Apple, yeah. Have you been taught any kind of like Easter eggs on the iPhone? Are there any secrets? You mean like an off-menu? Yes. <laughs> like an in-and-out when you go off-menu? No, I don't know any any, any sort of uh, sort of different fe features or functions. In fact, I'm actually not the best person to talk to about functions on an iPhone because I'm not I'm not really – my kids like are much – You don't have a back room that <laughs> they take you in no. and show you the eggs? <laughs> no, not at all. There's no off-menu items? There's no off-menu items. Zine, you also have talked to the Beastie Boys. Yeah, I have. What can you say about this era of the Beastie Boys, well, the early was, era? Yeah, this was kind of before my time. I mean, I really discovered Beastie Boys around She's On It. And this was obviously the very beginnings of the Beastie Boys. This is like... The Cookie Puts, 83. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So so I, I got in around 84, um, and, I, and I missed the, the, the beginning, but... Um, but there are good Steve Martin samples on it. <laughs> yeah, they've always had an amazing um, history of, of using... Um, uh, really inventive samples, um, you know, and, and I think that's one of the things that everyone loves about Beasties is their sound and their ability to just be able to just throw everything in a big pot and stir it up. I love that one when they pull the Bob Dylan in on Paul's Boutique and it's, you know, you know what I'm talking about? I'm going back to New York City, I do believe I've had enough. That's my favorite. Zane, you saved Ryan of the Cribs' life. Yes. No, 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 no. I need to clear this up. And this, I want to I take the opportunity to clear this up with you. I didn't save anybody's life. I was at the Enemy Awards and Ryan came back do you know what happened? How he jumped across the table and he landed on some glass. And so he cut himself pretty badly. Pretty punk. Pretty, 
Well, I mean, you know, but, you know. I, Have you seen that before? I never. I wasn't even there. I didn't see it then, because I was backstage doing interviews, right? And I heard that he had to go to hospital, and um, and so I was finished for the day, and and I was walking. I think I was actually leaving. Um, and I was going to go meet up with Ryan's manager. This is boring. I'll fast forward. I was meeting up with Ryan's Ryan's manager. And I love the details. And, and, sorry, sorry, I'm tired. And his band, <coughs> they were in a pub down the road. And Ryan said, oh, you know, I'm not feeling too good. And I said, you don't look so good. I'm going to take you to where your crew is because you don't look like, you shouldn't be here right now. And they came in him halfway and caught an ambulance. So I think he would have been, someone else would have done it if it wasn't me. But he didn't look too good. Now, he has a brother called Gary. Correct, yeah. And you sent Gary some cardboard slippers for Christmas? Did I? Did I really? Yeah. Do you remember that? I don't remember doing that. Zelo and cardboard slippers. I have no knowledge of that whatsoever, but uh, it sounds like a good gift. Do you give gifts for Christmas? I, I, you know, I do. I'm a, I'm a generous person, but I'm, I'm not like, I don't, I don't make a habit of sending people things for no reason, you know. Where are we right now? We're in Austin, Texas. And what house are we in? This is called Apple House, Apple Music House. And what room is this? This is actually, I think this is Brian and Robert and everyone. This is like a little private room for people to come and talk, I think. How have you been enjoying South By? Like doing the keynote, yeah. doing interviews. You haven't had a lot of time to check out bands. To tell you the truth, like, like this hasn't been the most relaxing South By for me because number one, I had to do this keynote thing, which was stressful and I really wanted it to be as good as it could be. And number two, I, was, I knew I was going to be meeting you, and I'm really nervous about it. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time, Zine. Anything is that it? I don't want it to end. No, this is so good. Anything you want to add to the people out there at all? No, it's uh, it's been really. Thank you so much for your generosity, and uh, thank you for asking to speak with me. It's a, it's, it's an honor, Nadwa. Well, I really appreciate the kind words, Zane Low, and keep on rocking in the free world. And do do loot do, do do, and. You're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. That was an interview live from South by Southwest with New Zealand's own Zane Lowe. Coming up right now is another interview I did at South by Southwest with Snoop Doggy Dog. I have talked to him, I think, about nine times over the years, but this was the most recent encounter from 2017. Before the interview with Snoop, I thought I would play a little bit of the Los Angeles Lakers singing Just Say No. The Lakers singing Just Say No, performed by the 1987 world champions Los Angeles. Angeles Lakers. And then an interview with Snoop Doggy Dog from 2017 South by Southwest. The Lakers just say no.
learn. Train your child the way to go. And when the drug man comes, he'll say no. Jump shot, I like the idea of being on top in the top ten reach of every man if drugs aren't in his master plan. I'm Kurt Remus, they call me Superman, and I'm known to give a helping hand. Now there's a rival out there on the streets. We all got to work together to be. We're the top, but we're no relation, and we stand together for a drug-free nation. His words with the sweet slam dunk. I can make a pass without that jump. The winning point is what I'm passing you. Be like us and make the right moves. Say no! Check one, two, one, two. Mike, check one, two, one, two. I is the one and only Snoop Dogg. Who are you? My name is Big Snoop Dogg from the LBC. Welcome to South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, Snoop Dogg. Thank you, Noir War. Pleasure to see you again, mate. Right off the bat, Snoop, I have a gift for you, and it is some Snoop bootleg chocolate. Have you seen this? What the fuck? Chocolate stars. Who made some candy with a dog that looked damn near like me with ponytails? And look on the back what it says. Pets rocks. rocks. The well-known individuals have not had any involvement in the creation of images, and they have not approved them, nor has approval been sought. Oh, wow. It's dope, though. I like it, though. Is there much Snoop bootleg stuff out there? It really is, but I can't. I can't be mad at it. That means that I'm uh, I'm in demand. And usually I talk to you in Canada, Snoop. But here is a gift from Canada all the way to Austin. Cohiba? Uh, yes. That is a Cuban Cohiba, a real deal. You know, I split one of these about a month ago and put some of that dual fluid on the inside of it. And, mm, man, I tell you. Are they hard to get in America? 
Nah, you got to know the right people. I know some right people. You know what I'm talking about? 70 bucks all the way from Vancouver to you. Thank you, Darnell. Thank you, Darnell. Good looking out, D. Appreciate you. Snoop, what is the importance of Super Saco? Super Saco, the importance of that is to be able to mix it with gin. It was a great ingredient that complemented the gin back in the 80s. You know, Super Saco was such a tangy, sweet, refreshing drink to mix with your gin. And then you could take the gin and put it in the Super Saco bottle and just mob around with the bottle and you were Super Sacoed in all day. You know, King T had a verse. He said, uh, fuck it. I'm finna stop with a thing and say, fuck it. Super Saco and gin. I'm finna act a fool. Snoop Doggy Dog, is Martha Stewart a G? A double G. She's a G. She's a grandmother and a good lady. She loves the special spices, doesn't she? Yeah, she loves the seasonings, spices, and she loves a lot of meat, meat byproducts. Everything regarding potluck party seems to be grass-related. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... My grassroots, you know, we, we come from the rooter to the tutor, so, you know, we start from the ground up. I have another gift for you. Last time I talked to you, Snoop Doggy Dog, you said, bring this record, Curtis Blow Basketball. So I did for you, Snoop. On Polydor Records, Curtis Blow Basketball. Because you said that is the only basketball record that matters. It is the only one that matters. It's my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court, just like I'm the king on the microphone doing Dr. J and Moses Malone. And you are Snoop? Doggy Dog. Doggy Dog. And also, Snoop, I wanted to ask you about these sports-related records right here. What can you say about these sports-related records right here? Just say no. Oh, this is the one that the Lakers did. Just say no. Byron Scott had a dope ass rap on here. They just brought that up the other day when he was on um Sports Center. And this is the fat boys with the fridge. I remember that one. <laughs> Chilling with the refrigerator. It was a lot of fat in this photo shoot right here. Have you been to OJ's house? Have I been to OJ's house? No, I haven't, but back in the day. Oh yeah, me and o- man, OJ my nigga. You know, we used to hang out like a motherfucker. I, I thought you meant since then. No, I ain't been over that motherfucker since then. But before hell, yeah. <clears throat> Me and Orenthal had a good time together. Snoop Doggy Dog, what is the importance of these guys right here? Gangsters and thugs from Compton. Do you know them at all? I know uh, cuz hang out with my brother. And I know cuz. <laughs> this nigga be hanging out with my brother cuz. I didn't know this nigga was in this group. Gangsters and thugs. And I know this nigga up here too. This shit crazy. So you've seen them around? I've seen them niggas in real life, man. I can't believe y'all put an album out, man. Look at here, man. Indonesia. That's the name of their first song. They spelled it wrong. <laughs> they and spelled it like a girl's name. Indonesia. <laughs> and Snoop Doggy Dog, speaking of early appearances, what can you tell the people about Low Profile? Low Profile. DJ Aladdin, Dub C, Crazy Tunes was in it. Pay Your Dues. Ain't nothing going on but a funky song. Uh, man, they was... They was the shit. From 89. Yeah, that's the year I graduated. So they, you know, that Pay Your Dudes was a hot record. Ice-T put them on. Thanks to Ice-T, I got my foot in the door. When I'm a rockers motherfucker till I can't no more. We pay dues. Snoop Doggy Dog, did Bushwick Bill show you blunts? Bushwick Bill was the first person, person to smoke a blunt with me. He was the first person to actually split open a Philly and ungut it and then put it 
fill it back up with chronic and smoke it with us, and we had never seen that before. Snoop Doggy Dog, winding up here, you have a doll, but I've really never asked you or shown you the Master P doll. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's the Master P doll. What do you think about the quality of that doll compared to the dolls you have? This is dope because it stood the test of time. This doll is damn near 20-some years old, and he still looks good. Uh, you heard me? Huh, bruh? Masterpiece, Snoop Doggy Dog, really put you on big time. Like, he helped you out a lot. What can you tell the people about this particular compilation right here, West Coast Bad Boys, featuring Snoop Doggy Dog? Dog. I had a song on there, uh, Pop Lockin' with my Rolls Royce, Cadillac, Lincoln and Mercedes, Ben, Pop Lockin' at the Howard Johnson, Sheraton, Pop Lockin' at the Holiday Inn. It's that West Coast way we live in money, cars, bitches. It's that West Coast way we live in. And you are Snoop Doggy Dog. Uh, winding up here, Snoop Doggy Dog, is it true Big Boy has a dog shampoo? Never knew about it. He does? Yeah. I never used it. What do you think about that? A dog shampoo? A shampoo for dogs? Oh, a shampoo for real dogs. Um, That may be cool, you know. I like my dogs to smell fresh when they're around me, you know, when we're out in public, so I may have to try that out. Have you ever thought about that, like, dog line, dog products? Because I know you would mentioned that before. You just spawned my... Spidey senses to create some dog products, some Snoop Dogg pet products, maybe some shampoo. Because you are Snoop Doggy. Dog. Well, thanks so much, Snoop Dogg. Anything you want to tell the people out there at all? Wherever you get your outfits from, it has to be the best store in Canada. I love your shirts, your pants, your hats, your your whole get down. It's, it's so 70s game show. It's like you could be on Let's Make a Deal or, or Price is Right when Bob Barker was the host, uh, Newlywood Game with Bob Eubanks, or, you know, the $25,000 Pyramid with Dick Clark. You know, you you just, you're you doing it, man. The shit is, I mean, it's psychedelic, man. I mean, it's sci-fi, widescreen, you know, futuristic thinking. Well, thank you for the kind words, Snoop Doggy Dog. That means a lot. Man, I'm telling you like it is and not like it was, man. You a fashion statement, Narwhal. Don't believe it when they say you're not because you are. Well, thank you very much, Snoop Doggy Dog. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do loot do do do
a will, but then he runs for the goal like a lion on the kill. I got the goal line six points again. The best come away with another win and left behind. Well, bodies are buried inside. Rest in peace by William Perry. You're still listening, hopefully, to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, the Fat Boys, 
chillin' with the refrigerator from 1985, the Fat Boys. And before that, an interview with Snoop Doggy Dog from South by Southwest 2017. At South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, there are tons of speakers. I was surprised to find out that Chris Novoselic was speaking all about voting. He wasn't speaking about music. He was speaking about voting. He could have spoke about his old band, Nirvana, but instead chose to speak about voting and fair vote. At the very end, he took questions from the audience, and audience could ask anything, including about music. I seize this opportunity. Hello, hello, Chris. You go back 20 plus years. Uh, can I ask you a couple questions? Thank you for remembering, Chris. I remember. I remember it well. Who are you, Chris? I listened. To, that's a, that was the last Who record with Keith Moon. Who are you? Written by Pete Townsend. And Chris, I have a gift for you: an autographed Terry Jacks oh. CD. Oh. Thank you so much. Look at the autograph on the inside from Terry Jacks himself to... Oh, Dave and Kristen Francis. That's so thoughtful. Seasons in the Sun by Terry... Terry Jacks. Why? Are Poppy family songs on here? Exactly. What can you say about Kurt and the Poppy family and Nirvana? Like, there is an amazing drawing here by Alex Fine. What can you say? What is going on there? And what is your fascination with Terry Jacks? Your art. And of course, the Poppy family, which was like a multicultural band out of British Columbia, right? And what was the singer's name? She was hot. Susan Jacks. Susan Jacks. Okay, so Terry and Susan Jacks. But maybe you could tell the people what exactly is going on there in this amazing Alex Fine illustration. Maybe you could say your, your interpretation, Terry Jacks. This is Jacques Brel through spirit almost whispering to me about the song and then Kurt Cobain unbeknownst to me I got an interview you've probably heard it it's one of his last interviews by these two um, uh, girl disc jockeys out of Washington DC and in it he said that the first single he ever bought was Seasons in the Sun and it used to make him cry and then this is Kurt Cobain you know and uh, you wouldn't think that that was it. And um, so I'm probably whispering to him or something. They recorded the song uh, uh, eventually, but it was sort of weird words and everything. It was, I think it was on their last album, was it? You'd know more than I do. It was on the box set. Yeah, it was something like that. And But it, I, I had heard it, and um, it was really weird. And I think it's just great pop music, fabulous, fabulous music, and... Um, Stands the test of time, of course, Seasons in the Sun. And then do you know what the B-side was to Seasons in the Sun? Put the phone in. Was, it, was there a sexual innuendo there? I don't know. But it was basically, it's a sad song. It's not really if you listen to the lyrics, because it's a sad song about this man who lost his dog. My day, my doggy died. And so he puts a, do- he puts a bone in. It's about he puts this dog bone in in the dog's grave. I'm an animal lover. I have dogs, 
and like goats and and so it, it's always like been a touching touching for me so that's why this is just amazing it was Thank a you. b-side for seasons in the sun which you guys covered why did you cover seasons in the sun why did not? it make kurt, did it make kurt cry absolutely it did it's a touching movie touching so thank you Thank you, Nardwar. I also have another gift for you to bring it back, to bring it back all the way to politics. We have Wild Thing by Senator Bobby. Oh, that's cool. Uh, what can you say? I love you. What can you say about you. Senator Bobby? No, this is great. This is, this, is, this is a Bobby Kennedy impersonator doing Wild Thing. Seriously. That's a trip. That's very cool. And it's a special gift for you, Chris. This is amazing because my friend uh, Bob Whitaker, his uh, father's Jim Whitaker, was the uh, first American to climb Mount Everest. And uh, in 1965, um, he, uh, Jim Whitaker climbed Mount Kennedy, which was named in honor of Robert Kennedy in Canada, Mount Kennedy in, in uh, Canada. They climbed uh, Mount Kennedy in 1965, and, and uh, Jim Whitaker made sure that Robert... Robert, he, Jim, so Jim uh, and Robert Kennedy climbed Mount Kennedy in honor of his late, bro late brother. And so Jim Whitaker made sure that Bobby was the first one up to the summit, yeah, kind of yeah. pushed him up there. And there's going to be a documentary film about that. It's really cool. So there's your Canada because Nardwar is from British Columbia. He like owns Vancouver. He's <laughs> a de facto mayor of Vancouver. And he did a really great prank on Mikhail Gorbachev. In like, was that 1989 or 1990? It was really good. Better than this. All right. Yeah, yeah. He did a great prank on Mikhail Gorbachev at this year. And he got, you got, he got arrested by the RCMP for this like, <laughs> really like right. harmless prank. Uh, lastly, Chris, I gotta say, what, this, what do you think the legacy of your musical contribution is? The Grunge Hot Wheels series. Have you seen this before? What, what can I say? I mean, it's just like the Grunge. It's like the grunge, from Grange to Grunge. I love Hot Wheels. I mean, that's it, it's enduring. And we, anything to remember Kurt Cobain, I'm, I'm on board. So whatever, if it's good, we remember Kurt Cobain. We're gonna shout out to uh, Dave and everybody. We have 57 seconds yeah. left. Well, thank you very much, Chris, and do to loot do. Do to loot do. Uh, almost, Chris, do to loot do. Do do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the weirdness. That was great. And thank you. <laughs> Thanks, John. John's with the Daily Beast. Everybody read it. Check out there the Daily go. Beast. Thank you for doing this. Uh, being our pinch, pinch hitter. Oh, yeah. Fair vote handouts. Stand by, Senator. Remember, on this record, we're trying to answer Senator McKinley's hit record, and, uh, George, you have a word here? All right, Senator, this one's for the Democrats, so let's really hear it. All right, I think I'm about as ready as I'm ever going to be. Okay, stand by. This is Wild Thing. Take 72, Senator. Wild Thing. You make my, uh, my heart sing. You make uh, everything uh, groovy Wild thing A wild thing, uh, I think I love you But I, uh, I want to know for sure 
Uh, come on in uh, and hold me tight. I love you, uh, yes. How's that, guys? Uh, is that about it? Pretty close, Senator. A little less stuttering, please, all right? A little more of a liberal interpretation, Senator. Can you do that? And watch the pronunciation of the word heart. Wild thing. That's perfect, Senator. Lay it on the top. Uh, you make my heart sing. Uh, it's really coming along, Senator. You make, uh, you make everything uh, groovy. Yes. Wild thing. All right, uh, Teddy on the ocarina, let's go. Tempo, Teddy, tempo. Senator, we're gonna have to get these kids out of the studio. I'm sorry, uh, Ethel, uh, you wanna... The kids are stepping on the musicians, Ethel. Get them out of the uh, recording studio now, I think. Yes. Eunice, a little more tempo there, please. Senator, do you feel comfortable now? I certainly do. Okay, yes. just stand by. We're coming up to you now. Uh, a wild thing. Uh, I think you move me. That's uh, beautiful, Senator. The kids will love it. Uh, but I want to know uh, for sure. That's it. Bear down. Uh, come on and hold me tight. A little more Boston soul, Senator. Uh, you move me, yes. All right, Senator, now let's get a big finish here now. All right, uh, when you get the group going. family now. Yeah, when you get, them, when, okay. get them going. All right. Here comes the good stuff, Senator, so really get into it. Just think of the words. Here it comes. Stand by. Ready? And... Oh, come on, wild thing. Uh, Not so ruthless, Senator. Uh, you make my heart sing. Uh, That's it. Snap your fingers, Senator. All right. Uh, That's come it. back to New York, wild thing. That's it. Uh, press ahead, wild thing. Think young, wild thing. And you're listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, Senator Bobby with Wild Thing. And before that, an interview live from South by Southwest with Chris Novoselic. Right now, to end the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show, I thought I would play a whole bunch of the You Jerks from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, live at the Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver. This is a new record just released. It is the You Jerks playing live on May the 26th. Wow, May the 26th, 1980. 1980, May the 26th. Today, May the 26th, 1980. If we were transported back in time, you would see the U-Jerks, I think, opening for the Gang of Four. In the U-Jerks were Frank Ramirez on vocals, Jeff Wall on vocals and keyboards, Rodney Graham on guitar, Ian Wallace on bass, Kitty Byrne on drums, Colin Griffiths on guitar, and Denise McLeod on violin. Ian Wallace, interestingly enough, has an opening at the Rennie Gallery this weekend, so all of them are still active in art. But this is an actual documentation of the U Jerks live at the Commodore Ballroom on May the 26th, 1980. And this is put out by Primary Information and Emily Carr Press. And it is amazing double LP. Again, 
thank you so much, Grant, from Zulu Records, for documenting this occurrence from May the 26th, 1980. We will hear right now the song Locator, Hands of Orlick, and Marnie by the band The U-Jerks from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Good evening. Would you welcome, please, UJ3 RK5. We, you jerk, you spectator, I locator, one, two, three, boom, indicator. I'm waiting for him with a 
nice to be here tonight.
Alfred Hitchcock, Marnie.
next song is from our EP, Eisenhower and the Hippies. Just released today. Nice to see everybody out there. It's a full house, obviously. Well, to move back. Next little song is about a place I'd never want to go and never want to wish any of you nice Vancouverites to be there.